Good morning, everyone. We well and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. Today we're continuing our reading in the Manual for Teachers with uh, Section 16, How Should the Teacher of God Spend His Day? And... At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day. Today is lesson 354. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. And in him is his creator, as he is in me. And that remembrance will be led by friends today. Here, <laughs> a surprise encore of her usual <laughs> performance. So, thank you, friends. And um, you know, let me pause here and ask Lori, do you have an opening for us this morning, Lori? Well, I sure do, Lemoyne. Thanks to Helen Shuckman and her book of poetry, The Gifts of God. Uh, Today is a perfect day for my favorite poem in that book. It is called A Jesus Prayer. A child, a man, and then a spirit come in all your loveliness. Unless you shine upon my life, it is a loss to you. And what is lost to you is also mine. I cannot calculate why I am here except for this. I know that I have come to seek you here and find you. In your life, you show the way to my eternal home. A child, a man, and then a spirit. So I follow in the way you show to me, that I may come at last to be like you. What but your likeness would I want to be? There is a silence where you speak to me and give me words of love to say for you to those you send to me. And I am blessed, because in them I see you shining through. There is no gratitude that I can give for such a gift. The light around your head must speak for me, for I am dumb beside your gentle hand with which my soul is led. I take your gift in holy hands, for you have blessed them with your own. Come, brothers, see how like to Christ am I, and I to you whom he has blessed and holds as one with me. A perfect picture of what I can be you show to me, that I might help renew your brother's failing sight. 
as they look up. Let them not look on me, but only you. Amen. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So moving. Thank you, Lori. Yes, thank you, Lori. She wrote a beautiful poem. I'm so grateful. Well, thank you, Lori. This morning in reading, we have uh, um, with us this morning in reading, I have Charles, Bran, Lori, Jessica, Robin Marie, Judith, Donna, and with us in listening, I have Ida and Sandra. Is there anyone else who's joined who would like to either say good morning or join? Yeah, hi, this is Diana. Good morning, everyone, and I'll be listening. Morning, Diana. Morning, Diane. Morning. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning, Harrison. I'm listening. Thank you, Harrison. Good morning, Harrison. Anyone else? Okay. We'll get us started then with our reading this morning. Uh, Manual for Teachers, Section 16. How should the teacher of God spend his day? To the advanced teacher of God, this question is meaningless. There is no program for the lessons in the curriculum change each day. Yet he is sure of but one thing. They do not change at random. Seeing this and understanding it is true, he rests content. He will be told all that his role should be this day and every day. And those who share that role with him will find him so they can learn the lessons for the day together. Not one is absent whom he needs. Not one is sent without a learning goal already set and one which can be met that very day. For the advanced teacher of God, then, this question is superfluous. It has been asked and answered, and he keeps in constant contact with the answer. He is set and sees the road on which he walks stretch surely and smoothly before him. Uh, Charles. Thank you. How should a teacher spend his day? Paragraph one. To the advanced teacher of God, this question is meaningless. There is no program 
for the lessons in the curriculum change each day. Yet he is sure of but one thing. They do not change at random. Seeing this and understanding it is true, he rests content. He will be told all that his role should be this day and every day. And those who share that role with him will find him so they can learn the lessons for the day together. Not one is absent whom he needs. Not one is sent without a learning goal already set and one which can be met that very day. For the advanced teacher of God, then, this question is superfluous. Superfluous. It has been asked and answered, and he keeps in constant contact contact with the answer. He is set and sees the world on which he walks stretched surely and smoothly before him. What about those who have not reached his certainty? They are not yet ready for such lack of structuring on their own part. What must they do to learn to give the day to God? There are some general rules which do apply, although each one must use them as best he can in his own way. Routines as such are dangerous because they easily become gods in their own right, threatening the very goals for which they were set up. Broadly speaking, then, it can be said that it is well to start the day right. It is always possible to begin again, should the day begin with error. Yet there are obvious advantages in terms of saving time if the need for this can be avoided. Amen. Thank you, Charles. And France? Two. But what about those who have not reached to certainty? They are not yet ready for such lack of structuring on their own part. What must they do to learn to give the day to God? There are some general rules which do apply, although each one must use them as best he can in his own way. Routines as such are dangerous because they easily become gods in their own right threatening the very goals for which they were set up. Broadly speaking, then, it can be said that it is well to start the day right. It is always possible to begin again should the day begin with error. Yet there are obvious advantages in terms of saving time if the need for this can be avoided. Three, at the beginning, it is wise to think in terms of time. This is by no means the ultimate criterion. But at the outset, it is probably the simplest to observe. The saving of time is an essential early emphasis, which, although it remains important throughout the learning process, becomes less and less emphasized. At the outset, we can safely say that time devoted to starting the day right does indeed save time. 
How much time should be so spent? This must depend on the teacher of God himself. He cannot claim that title until he has gone through the workbook, since we are learning within the framework of our course. After completion of the more structured practice periods which the workbook contains, individual need becomes the chief consideration. Thank you, Bren. And Lori? At the beginning, it is wise to think in terms of time. This is by no means the ultimate criterion, but at the outset, it is probably the simplest to observe. The saving of time is an essential early emphasis which, although it remains important throughout the learning process, becomes less and less emphasized. At the outset, we can safely say that time devoted to starting the day right does indeed save time. How much time should be so spent? This must depend on the teacher of God himself. He cannot claim the title until he's gone through the workbook since we are learning within the framework of our course. After completion of the more structured practice periods which the workbook contains, individual need becomes the chief consideration. Four, this course is always practical. It may be that the teacher of God is not in a situation which fosters quiet thought as he awakes. If this be so, let him remember that he chooses to spend time with God as soon as possible, and let him do so. Duration is not the major concern. One can easily sit still an hour with closed eyes and accomplish nothing. One can as easily give God only an instant, and in that instant join with him completely. Perhaps the one generalization that can be made is this. As soon as possible after waking, take your quiet time, continuing a minute or two after you begin to find it difficult. You may find the difficulty will diminish and drop away. If not, that is time to stop. Thank you, Lori. And Jessica. Thank you, Lemoyne. Paragraph four. This course is always practical. It may be that the teacher of God is not in a situation which fosters quiet, uh, which fosters quiet thought as he wakes. If this is so, let him but remember that he chooses to spend time with God as soon as possible, and let him do so. Duration is not the major concern. One can easily sit still an hour with closed eyes and accomplish nothing. One can as easily give to God only an instant, and in that instant join with him completely. Perhaps the one generalization that can be made is this. As soon as possible after waking, take your quiet time. Continuing a minute or two after you begin to find it difficult, you may find that the difficulty will diminish and drop away. If not, that is the time to stop. Five, the same procedures should be followed at night. Perhaps your quiet time should be fairly early in the evening if it is not feasible for you to take it just before going to sleep. 
It is not wise to lie down for it. It is better to sit up in whatever position you prefer. Having gone through the workbook, you must have come to some conclusions in this respect. If possible, however, just before going to sleep is a desirable time to devote to God. It sets your mind into a pattern of rest and orients you away from fear. If it is expedient to spend this time earlier, at least be sure that you do not forget a brief period, not more than a moment will do, in which you close your eyes and think of God. Thank you, Jessica. And Robin Marie. Five. The same procedure should be followed at night. Perhaps your quiet time should be fairly early in the evening if it is not feasible for you to take it just before going to sleep. It is not wise to lie down for it. It is better to sit up in whatever position you prefer. Having gone through the workbook, you must have come to some conclusions in this respect. Impossible, however, just before going to sleep is a desirable time to devote to God. It sets your mind into a pattern of rest and orients you away from fear. If it is expedient to spend time earlier, at least be sure that you do not forget a brief period. Not more than a moment will do in which you close your eyes and think of God. Six, there is one thought in particular that should be remembered throughout the day. It is a thought of pure joy, a thought of peace, a thought of limitless release, limitless because all things are freed within it. You think you made a place of safety for yourself. You think you made a power that can save you from all the fearful things you see in dreams. It is not so. Your safety lies not there, but you give up. What you give up is merely the illusion of protecting illusions. And it is this you fear, and only this. How foolish to be so afraid of nothing. Nothing at all. You, let's see, your defenses will not work, but you are not in danger. You have no need of them. Recognize this and disappear. And only then will you accept your real protection. Thank you, Robin, Murray, and Judy. Thank you, Lemoyne. You touched my heart when you called me Judith. Oh, six. There is one thought in particular that should be remembered throughout the day. It is a thought of pure joy, a thought of peace, a thought of limitless relief, limitless because all things are freed within it. You think you made a place of safety for yourself. You think you made a power that can save you from all fearful things 
you see in dreams. It is not so. Your safety lies not there. What you give up is merely the illusion of protecting illusions. And it is this you fear, and only this. How foolish to be so afraid of nothing. Nothing at all. Your defenses will not work, but you are not in danger. You have no need of them. Recognize this, and they will disappear. And only then will you accept your real protection. How simply and how easily does the day slip by for the teacher of God who has accepted his protection. All that he did before in the name of safety no longer interests him, for he is safe and knows it to be so. He has a guide who will not fail. He need make no distinctions among the problems he perceives, for he to whom he turns with all of them recognizes no order of difficulty in resolving them. He is as safe in the present as he was before. Illusions were accepted into his mind and as he will be when he has let them go. There is no difference in his state at different times and different places because they are all one to God. This is his safety, and he has no need for more than this. Thank you. Well, thank you, Judith. And uh, Donna. Seven. How simply and how easily does the day slip by for the teacher of God who has accepted his protection? All that he did before in the name of safety no longer interests him, for he is safe and knows it to be so. He has a guide who will not fail. He need make no distinctions among the problems he perceives, for he and whom he turns with all of them recognizes no order of difficulties in resolving them. He is as safe in the present as he was before illusions were accepted into his mind and as he will be when he has let them go. There is no difference in his state at different times and different places because they they are all one to God. This is his safety, and he has no need for more than this. Eight. Yet there will be temptations along the way the teacher of God has yet to travel, and he has need of reminding himself throughout the day of his protection. How can he do this, particularly during the time when his mind is occupied with external things? He can but try, and his success depends on his conviction that he will succeed. He must be sure success is not of him, but 
will be given him at any time, in any place, and circumstance he calls for it. There are times his certainty will waver, and in the instant this occurs, he will return to earlier attempts to place reliance on himself alone. Forget not, this is magic, and that magic is a sorry substitute for true assistance. It is not good enough for God's teacher because it is not good enough for God's son. Thank you, Donna. And uh, is, is there a new reader who would like to continue with 8 and 9? Yeah, I can. Morning, Steve. Morning, 8. Yet there will be temptations along the way the teacher of God has yet to travel. And he has need of reminding himself throughout the day of his protection. How can he do this, particularly during the time when his mind is occupied with external things? He can but try, and his success depends on his conviction that he will succeed. He must be sure success is not of him, but will be given him at any time, in any place and circumstance he calls for it. There are times his certainty will waver, and the instant this occurs, he will return to earlier attempts to place reliance on himself alone. Forget not, this is magic, and that magic is a sorry substitute for true assistance. It's not good enough for God's teacher, because it's not enough for God's son. Nine. The avoidance of magic is the avoidance of temptation. For all temptation is nothing more than the attempt to substitute another will for God's. These attempts may indeed seem frightening, but they are merely pathetic. They can have no effects, neither good nor bad, neither rewarding nor demanding sacrifice. They can have no effects, neither good nor bad, neither rewarding nor demanding sacrifice, healing nor destructive, quieting nor fearful. When all magic is recognized as merely nothing, the teacher of God has reached the most advanced state. All intermediate lessons will but lead to this and bring this goal nearer to recognition. For magic of any kind in all its forms simply does nothing. Its powerlessness is the reason it can be so easily escaped. What has no effects can hardly terrify. Pass. Thank you, Steve. And is there another new reader who would like to continue with 9 and 10? This is Sandra. I can read. <clears throat> 9. The avoidance of magic is the avoidance of temptation. For all temptation is nothing more than the attempt to substitute another will for God's. <clears throat> 
These attempts may indeed seem frightening, yet they are merely pathetic. They can have no effects, neither good nor bad, neither rewarding nor demanding sacrifice, healing nor destructive, quieting nor fearful. When all magic is recognized as nearly nothing, the teacher of God has reached the most advanced state. All intermediate lessons will but lead to this and bring this goal nearer to recognition. For magic of any kind in all its forms simply does nothing. Its powerlessness is the reason it can be so easily escaped. What has no effects can hardly terrify. 10. There is no substitute for the will of God. In, In simple statement, it is to this fact that the teacher of God devotes his day. Each substitute he may accept as real can be deceived, can but deceive him. But he is safe from all deception if he so decides. Perhaps he needs to remember, God is with me. I cannot be deceived. Perhaps he prefers other words or only one or none at all. Yet each temptation to accept magic as true must be abandoned through his recognition, not that it it is fearful, not that it is sinful, not that it is dangerous, but merely that it is meaningless rooted in sacrifice and separation, two aspects of one era and no more. He merely chooses to give up all that he never had, and for this sacrifice is heaven restored to his awareness. Thank you, Sandra. And is there another reader who would enjoy continuing with 10 and 11? Is available. Ten. There is no substitute for the will of God. In, in simple statement, is it is to this fact that the teacher of God devotes his day. Each substitute he may accept as real can but deceive him but he is safe from all deception if he so decides. Perhaps he needs to remember, quote, God is with me. I cannot be deceived, unquote. Perhaps he prefers other words, or only one, or none at all. Yet each temptation to accept magic as true must be abandoned through his recognition Not that it is fearful, not that it is sinful, not that it is dangerous, but merely that it is meaningless, rooted in sacrifice and separation, two aspects of one error, and no more. He merely chooses to give up all that he never had, and for this, quote, sacrifice, unquote, is heaven restored to his awareness. 11. 
Is not this an exchange that you would want? The world would gladly make it if it knew it could be made. It is God's teachers who must teach it that it can. And so it is their function to make sure that they have learned it. No risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust except to put your trust in magic were it only this that leads to pain. I think I'm going to reread that again. No risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust in magic for it is the only this that leads to pain. Quote, there is no will but God's, unquote. This teacher knows that this is so, and to have learned that everything but this is magic. All belief in magic is, is maintained by just one simple-minded illusion, that it works. All through his training, every day and hour, and even every minute and second, must God's teachers learn to recognize the forms of magic and perceive their meaninglessness. Fear is withdrawn from them, and so they go. And thus the gate of heaven is reopened, and its light can shine again on an untroubled mind. Thank you. Well, thank you, Charles, taking us back to the top of the reading list. And so, uh, Fran, would you back up at least a sentence or two into 10 um, and read 10 and something of 10 and then 11? You want me to read something, the last part of 10? Yeah. So we can get the exchange in the question, start 11. Okay. Okay, to start with rooted in sacrifice. Rooted in sacrifice and separation, two aspects of one era and no more, he merely chooses to give up all that he never had. And for this quote-unquote sacrifice is heaven restored to his awareness. 11. Is not this an exchange that you would want? The world would gladly make it if it could be made. It is God's teachers who must teach it that it can. And so it is their function to make sure that they have learned it. No risk is possible throughout the day except to put your trust in magic. For it is only this that leads to pain. Quote, there is no will but God's. Unquote. His teachers know that this is so and have learned that everything but this is magic. All belief in magic is maintained by just one simple-minded illusion that it works. All through his training, every day and hour, and every minute and second, must God's teachers learn to recognize the forms of magic and perceive their meaninglessness. Fear is withdrawn from them, and so they go, and thus the gate of heaven is reopened, and its light can shine again on an untroubled mind. Thank you, Fran. 
That's interesting. Um, I just have to ask, because I've been hearing this very regular clicking. Is anyone else hearing it? Or is it... Yes. You yeah. are? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, I'm not. It sounded like someone had... Oh, really? It sounded like someone had music on in the background <laughs> to me. I'm not hearing anything. Okay. Well, that's all right. That's fine. Um, I need not be distracted by it. Okay, we are at the top of the hour, and... uh, And, you know, so to this question, how should the teacher of God spend his day? I think, I think let's just do the thing of being, starting the day. You know, for those that this is start, but if you start, for me, I can use a new beginning. <laughs> Obviously, focused on distraction. Okay. So, Bren, um, if you're prepared, would you lead us in remembrance of the lesson? Sure. Hi, everybody. We are on the second part of the workbook. That we are on is what am I? And today's lesson is lesson 354. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. And in him is his creator, as he is in me. So I shall read some from what is, what am I? I am God's son, complete and healed and whole, shining in the reflection of his love. In me is his creation sanctified and guaranteed eternal life. In me is love perfected, fear impossible, and joy established without opposite. I am the holy home of God himself. I am the heaven where his love resides. I am his holy sinlessness and self, for in my purity abides his own. We are the bringers of salvation. We accept our part as saviors of the world, which through our joint forgiveness is redeemed. And this, our gift, is therefore given us. We look on everyone as brothers and perceive all things as kindly and as good. We do not seek a function that is past the gates of heaven. Knowledge will return when we have done our part. We are concerned only with giving welcome to the truth. From the oneness that we have attained, we call to all our brothers, asking them to share our peace and consummate our joy. We are the holy messengers of God. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 354. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. And in him is his creator, as he is in me. My oneness with the Christ establishes me as your son, beyond the reach of time, and wholly free of every law but yours. 
I have no self except the Christ in me. I have no purpose but his own. And he is like his father. Thus must I be one with you as well as him. For who in Christ except your son as you created him? For who is Christ except your son as you created him? And what am I except the Christ in me? I'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 354. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. And in him is his creator, as he is in me. My oneness with the Christ establishes me as your son, beyond the reach of time and wholly free of every law but yours. I have no self except the Christ in me. Lesson 354. We stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. And in him is his creator, as he is in me. Amen. Oh, Amen. Amen. Oh, thank you, Fran. Yeah, oh, Amen. Thank, thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. I love the way he tells us in the thing that if we have certainty of purpose, we stand together, Christ and I, in peace and certainty of purpose. I love that. <laughs> I'm complete. And me too, friend. Thank you, friend. I do too. Thank you. Thank you, friend. This is Donna, and during my day yesterday, this, the, our yesterday's lessons came to mind. 
And uh, the idea, a scripture came to mind um, about good. And that's from Romans 8.28. And I think yesterday's reading and today's reading are confirmed by this section of scripture uh, from verse 28 through 39. And I'm going to read it. 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and them he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is given, who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more and conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, amen. Beautiful. Amen. Thanks, amen. Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Can you tell me where again you found that, please? Romans uh, chapter 8, starting at verse 28 to the end, which is 39. Thank you. Hi, good morning, everybody. I'm just so so, um, taken taken by this. I love this. the reading, how should the teacher of God spend his day? Um, using this as a as a form 
perform for my practice for many and many and many and many a day. <laughs> and the practice of that complete release and um, limitless joy, um, limitless freedom, limitless release and limitless freedom. And um, the idea of, 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 of being one with Christ I got I got too many thoughts like ping pong balls in my head today. <laughs> Thank you, Lori, for the um, Helen Shuckman poem, and I would love it if you sent me a, a copy of that. Thank you. And um, back to the idea of being one with Christ, and Christ's will being one with His Father, and that I I can remember my Father and who and what and where I am as he created me to be through knowing the Christ is within me. As I know Christ in me, I am as God is. And the, the way that it speaks in the lesson of, um, is it in the lesson or in the text? Um, we're just, you know, the what, the I am, what am I, um, the use for words is almost over and, um, we bring we bring what we find uh, the knowledge of what is restored to us of who and what I am in God in Christ um, to the world that we bring this heaven to the world our joy and our peace and our love and our freedom and we share it share it with everyone and everything um, Sharing his will, that's where I was thinking. Um, sharing his word, his will, his will which created us as we are, and his will that he shares with us for us to share with everyone and everything. And um, I was just sort of had a new understanding of the word magic and how the Course uses self-reliance, Reliance upon Jude's selfish, self-centered, self-seeking will. Um, her reliance on herself alone, thinking what she knows by herself alone, is nothing, is meaningless. And all the lessons in the beginning that, that talk of how what I think is meaningless. <laughs> I'm getting it all the, all the meaning and the value to everything that I believe and think it's true and it comes from a false point of view a false perspective and then I see everything in the world through that perspective and how mistaken everything I think I see or um, hear or think I think I know about is mistaken because, because it comes from that mistaken point of view and how interesting it is to me that speaks of it as being ma magic and um, illusory isn't that what magic is that it's a sleight of hand or a trick of the mind to think that I'm doing something that I'm achieving something um, I'm getting something all the ways that the ego looks at things it's magic, the way that the ego thinks. Um, 
in building uh, uh, plans for my protection, protection of the ego. How am I going to protect an illusion? Only by more illusions and the magic and the illusion of all that thinking. So that's sort of a nice little wrap for me. But the, um, the avoidance of magic is the avoidance of temptation. How will I be tempted to think that I, I can function alone, that it's a mistake, and I, I needn't do that, that it's not frightening, it's only pathetic, and it has no effects, neither good nor bad, neither rewarding nor demanding sacrifice. And this is all the stuff that the ego um, does, decides whether it's good or bad and how it affects me, whether I get it or I don't get it, whether I want it or I don't, whether it's rewarding or demands that I have to work for it or have make effort for it. It doesn't heal me or destroy me. It doesn't bring me peace, nor it does it make me afraid when all magic is recognized as merely nothing? That's really getting getting up there, getting along. So all our intermediate lessons lead to this. And um, magic of any kind, self-reliance in, of any kind in all its forms simply does nothing. Its powerlessness is the reason it can be escaped what has no effects? There's an illusionary thought system can, is not a cause. Only God is my cause, and I am not second to God. That's a big deal for me. That's huge. That's, that's acknowledging where the source of my right-mindedness, my peace and my joy come from that I identify with the Christ mind in me. It's the only part of me that's real. But if I, if I get lost and forget and think I'm something else, think I'm a body and that I have an ego and that I can think I'm my own, that it's really just nothing at all. It's absolutely nothing at all. So um, that's the exchange. And... Um, No risk is possible except to put my trust in self-reliance and the light of my understanding, the light that God gives me, illuminates me with, is my luminosity. The light of true understanding, of true knowledge, is always within me, and it goes with me wherever I go. In In this I trust. In this I have confidence, that I have confidence in Christ, the Christ in me, and that's putting my trust in the strength and the light and the truth in me, which I can do in any given moment. So this is really a beautiful, beautiful awakening this morning for me. And um, <laughs> heaven, is, heaven is opening up and the light, the spirit, sunlight of the spirit shining on my untroubled mind this morning. Thank you. Thank you, thank you all for being together with me here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
Thank you. Thank you. You uh This is Steve. I just want to pause for a second and take what you said in. Few breaths. Thank you. You mentioned self-reliance. I hope in this share that my helping heart and helpful heart is, is applicable. It's about a little personal history here. In my early 20s, I received what was called knowledge from a perfect master from the East, and I surrendered totally in trust. And what I was shown were these four techniques, and along with the techniques was instructions. And back then it was do it for an hour in the morning and an hour at night. Sit and practice these techniques in meditation, four aspects of the light. And it was wonderful. And for years I would sit an hour in the morning and an hour at night. Nowadays it's just an hour once a day. 15 minutes on each technique. Yet I have also sat with Thich Nhat Hanh Buddhist groups, and Thich Nhat Hanh in one of our readings said, if you're sitting in meditation and it, you're uncomfortable or it's not working, just like the course, stick it out for like maybe two minutes. But if it's not working, then try something else. To be given instructions by someone I accepted as authority on the outside other than me was scary. But with Thich Nhat Hanh's help and the Course in Miracles help, and for years now, I, I meditate when I'm invited. I will sit because I like it. Meditation to me is, like it said today, you can sit for an hour and accomplish nothing yet in an instant you can be with this so I'm, I'm sharing my history so that maybe others have also been through this attempt to reach God rather than relax and allow what you already are and not to let the dogma of others on the outside, but like Judy said, self-reliance takes courage to listen to your holy self, which may not go along with the party crowd, the dogma, the instructions. We're told to put down the book and listen. That means... I don't care if it's the Pope or the highest rabbi or the greatest guru. The greatest guru is within me and you. Self with a capital S reliance takes precedence. Thank you for listening and no more struggling with trying. I'm complete.
Thank you, Steve. That Much was love. most most excellent, Steve. Who is the one that tries? Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, love that, Steve. Thank you. Awesome, Steve. I'd love to know what they're Apparently I'm not the only one because today's lesson talks about sitting for an hour trying. So it's not just my guru group. I'm complete. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve. It also contains that instruction to, you know, try, but don't don't get in. You know, in my office, in my office, when I would, some patients were open to learning how to enter the stillness, and I would make it. I tell them in the, for a week, or something like that. Do not do it more than a minute because I remember in the past when the hour was about due and that we were in a group meditation and I knew it was coming close to the end. That's when I gave it my surrendered focus and it became fruitful. So it's quality, not quantity. It's not a time thing. Again, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve. The quality of the attention given so important. Thank you. Excuse me. I wonder, Steve, in, in the after call, if you could connect me with the four concentrations on light in your meditation. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. You can call me. Do you want my phone number? I'm ready. Go ahead. 352-219-0425. Got it. Thank you. Excuse the interruption. I I got it, too. I hope that's okay, Steve. (laughs) It's Robin Marie. I love it because I, I get like 100 bucks a minute. I love it. <laughs> the more the merrier. I love it. I could use, I could I'm glad use you could, the cash. I'm I glad you can afford to pay yourself. And, and PayPal. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. God can afford it all. I love you, Steve. Thank you. Patricia here. Oh, excuse me. You go ahead. Uh, No, go right ahead, Patricia. I'd love to hear you. Well, it was the same magical thinking, um, a personal theme that just arrived. You know, um, I came here a year ago to this group, and I promised um, 
uh, that I'd stay a year no matter what my life was doing. And so the word magical thinking comes up because um, the guidance to even join this group came from something that in the world may be seemed as magical thinking, which is about uh, the beginning of 2019, my hour in the morning and my hour at night uh, exploded into four hours in the morning and it began it woke me up actually and I began direct communication that I can just you know it's time the end of the year here that I can just uh, confess some things so um, 2019 that hour was uh, a little before sunrise I'd be woken up and this would be very direct and then uh, in the evening, the hour meditation, boom, went into four hours of a continuation of what was going on that morning. Now that began to be repeated and has not stopped since the beginning of 2019. So I just completed a confession to you that I can do simply because this month, I was introduced to a new thing. There's lots of things like the share before, but I get uh, themes that continue on a regular basis. And I learn something new constantly. This eternal something said, Patricia, you're going to put down magical thinking. And it happens like that. There's nothing that's said after that. And it's solidly absolute. And I'm stunned because I don't know what that just said. I'm wondering, oh my gosh, is magical thinking meaning that this whole, this is going to end? Because you know the whole world would call this magical thinking. And then I heard this. Patricia, you know this is real. I'm going to teach you what magical thinking is that you're going to put down. And then I was really not so frightened, you know, not so shaky, but I listened deeper as I can only do to this stuff. Um, I'm going to tell you the first thing I found out. So I'm staying with this group in the new year, and so we're going to learn more. But the first thing magical thinking turned out to be was this. Oh, my. Do you really think you're entertained by that thing you're watching on that big screen TV? That is magical thinking, Patricia. Will you stop a minute and start being more honest? Stunned, you guys. I am beyond stunned. Turns out, this new thing I'm going to learn about that I'm putting down has something to do with being, not being congruent with myself and doing things my brain thinks are entertaining but are simply magical thinking. 
I just confess that, that that first discovery. I have no idea what I'm learning, but oh my, it's so exciting that since 2019, that constant four hours in the morning being showered with purity, the truth, and then how it will echo out. I think my world's about to change a bit so that the magical thinking is with me and I'm grateful it's with you all too thank you yeah that was just gorgeous thank you Patricia thank you Patricia it is exciting isn't it I'm excited for you Thank you, Patricia. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. So it reminds me of a process I'm going through myself right now. The idea of watching, as you said, the various ways of exposing a lie and how the mind always likes to expose the lie as if it's a way of bringing truth to a point of fixing something if they only knew all the conspiracies and everything and exposed the underlying of what's going on and oh if someone would come up with a clever idea a clever way of bringing in the solution oh the tricks of the mind and i watched those And I'm realizing, thank you for sharing that right now. I mean, that really hit home for me that uh, how much I, you know, look forward to expose the lie, but not for the idea of fixing it, but for the idea of asking God for the light to realize how it has no effect. It has no influence. And I can relax into God's arm again and leave the idea of trying to expose or figure things out or because my head gets so crowded with all these uncertainties that are being exposed. Oh, I thank you so much for helping me to see. And with that, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Another piece of precious understanding that I have gotten from that old guru was for me not to really share my experiences with in meditation with other it's personal everybody's different now I know some people share about their trips to near-death experiences and this and that but and it's good to exp- out of out of like love wow look where I have visited But the idea is that we each have our own experience. And it's not to be minimized or compared to another's 
spiritual escapades or experiences. It's wonderful that people share what, wow, out of enthusiasm. But I think it's important for me to understand that that my path is personal. All of our paths are personal. I can tell you I've had experiences of going before my my birth, et cetera, leaving my body, but not that that's what you need to do other than, wow, there's more available. So that's another piece of precious thing is that nobody, we have to walk our own path to the light and it's valid. And like Judith was saying, trust myself with a capital S. I'm complete. Here, here. Oh, I just Excellent that point, Steve. Yes, may I just Thank you. Say, say something Thank more. You. I, I have for the longest time sought for understanding in stillness and that longing for oneness and unity and grace and the gifts and the fruits that come, one of the greatest ones that I got recently, and it was so subtle, it, was, it wasn't, I don't even know how it came to me, but it came and it, it wasn't the wisdom or the peace that I was getting um, in unity. It was the understanding that I was worthy of it. And it simply was so exquisite that I was worthy of the love of God that that unworthiness that is the flip side of seeking specialness, seeking to be extraordinary, seeking to set myself out, out as more outstanding in some way, which has been a a difficulty, a challenge for me, um, came to me in that um, sense of worthiness, that everyone is worthy of God's love in the same and an equal way. And I hope that everyone can experience that. (laughs) Oh, Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, Judy. Good morning, this is Sandra. <clears throat> How should teacher of God spend her day? <laughs> Peacefully. Because <laughs> this whole book is, the other name for this book is A Guide to Inner Peace. So whenever I feel something other than peace, I just need to address it with the truth. And the truth is I am as God created me, whether I'm feeling a lack of peace around my health or, or circumstances in my life. And whenever I feel that lack of peace, it's always associated with 
there's something wrong here. (laughs) Instead of accepting life on life's terms. Because life is an extension of God. It's an extension of love. But I've been programmed to judge it and say, oh, there's something wrong here. It needs to change. Or the only thing that needs to change is my perspective on it, how I'm looking at it, my angle of looking at it. And thank God I have all these tools, 365 days of tools, to help me look at things from a different angle and bring me back to that place of peace. And the different angle is accept whatever my circumstances are and not see them as wrong. Any, there's nothing wrong here. And say, what am I supposed to be learning from this? And then it becomes an opportunity. It becomes a celebration. It becomes joy. The lesson that I'm learning is that I am as God created me. Period. That's it. I'm not what my parents created me to be. I'm not the way my children see me. I'm not the way even you might see me. I am as God sees me. And I will take that with me and cherish it for all of my days in form and all of my days in total spirit. That brings me so much joy. And not only am I as God created me, I'm completely united with my creator. I'm completely protected by my creator. And I'm not under the laws of this land. I'm under God's laws. Which means I don't have to be afraid of anything that's going on in this world. Because I'm under God's laws. And that just brings me so much joy and so much peace. It brings me back to peace. That's how I get back to peace. Is to use these lessons to remind me of the truth. And they do work. Because I've faced some pretty challenging situations And it always turns out for my highest and best. You know, and at 73 years, I'm having enough experiences knowing that my highest and best is being served in every situation. So the, the only problem is when I think there's something wrong. There's nothing wrong. And if, there, if I think there's something wrong, I can address it with, I will to be the Christ here on earth. It's my will to see what's working, to see that my highest and best is being served, not to focus in on something that I've judged as not belonging. I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Have a great time. Sandra, bring up Patricia really quickly with a question in this kind of Christ mind that has me writing a dictionary, a new one for all... It's, anyway... 
And it says, what if the word wrong simply means unripened? Thank you. Oh, send me a copy. Oh, <laughs> Thank you. Beautiful. <laughs> yes. You know, I was told I at one it. point that there was no evil in the world, that another word for evil is evolve, meaning oh, it's yeah. just, it's not completely evolved yet. It's innocent. It just needs more time to cook, to bake. <laughs> That's why I can't, you know. <laughs> That's why I can't judge anything. I'm complete. Oh, my, my. Lord, a wonderful picture. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. That's right. Um, We can't judge. We don't have the ability to see everything in order to, you know, with love, in order to... We have the ability to see everything with love, but not for... That would be not judging. The only one who can really judge is God. But God chooses not to judge and you know, sees us as innocent. That's an essential part of God's nature. So if God doesn't even judge, who am I to judge anything or anybody? <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, dear one. Thanks, Ida. Yeah, that's great. It brings brings a question to my mind. And it's a a question of vision, sharing in a vision, like Martin Luther King, Gandhi, and all those who shared in a vision that inspired many to share in that vision. And that's all I have to ask right now. Just the vision. How is this so? Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. I see it as a gradation. Martin Luther King had a vision or better world. But part of that vision was based on the fact that it wasn't a good world. That's, you know, not the ultimate thing that the Course is trying to teach us to perceive, but to perceive the real world. But still, what he did, of course, based on his vision and the people following him, helped. It helped the cause. I think it did, you know. Um, maybe some people would disagree with me, but but like I said, it's there's the ultimate that we see in the Course, and then there's um, the world of, you know, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 10 is higher than 1, and, and things like that. Thank you, Uncle Pete. Thank you, dear one. Thank you, Ida.
Well, this is Lemoyne, and uh, <clears throat> I didn't do a summary, <laughs> but I, I think to uh, I think to share something that came from the reading, or it's pretty clearly there, although I can't find it now that I look. But this thing of the focusing thought, right? that perhaps he needs to remember, God is with me, I cannot be deceived. Or that there is no will but God. And uh, it's it's interesting because I had, you know, I I know I'd heard of the Course back in the 80s. <clears throat> but, I, you know, I think what, what, uh, there was that is actually something for me the the point that i I can often remember and perhaps should always be able to remember is the thought that for a long time and still is it it's kind of a mystery <clears throat> right it it's referred to in the course as the miracle of creation. This is the, the quote is this is a, this is the miracle of creation, Colin. It is one forever. And the thought that it occurs and just keep kept reoccurring, not like a obsessive thought. I was having other obsessive thought, but the one that would come up and like create that little space is simply all is one. And, it, you know, you look around at the body's eyes, it's like, no, it's a bunch of different stuff. But somehow it's still one. I'm, you know, the thing that it's still one. <clears throat> and recognizing that, you know, trying to take a step back from science and say, what is science? I love the course's definition. It's just simply the study of what is. It's not predictive or, or even science is as a study, you know, is not particularly creative. Uh, it's creative successes are simply in recognizing what's there. <laughs> and, you know, just the recognition that if science would not work if there wasn't something there to study. Like, ah, oh, there isn't order. There is the appearance of order itself implies that there is a continuing unity that allows and fosters the order that appears, the, you know, structure of, you know, the theming structure. It's an active thing, but, you know, patterns with planets going around, stars, trees growing, all this, all this. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so, you know, that thought is is uh, unfolded for me this year in this way, you know. Um, and, well, since I got to, to actually studying the course, it went from simply all is one to all is one, all is well. And then this year... 
you know, this may not be helpful to others, but it's, uh, <clears throat> it can be a little scrub brush for me, you know. And all is one, all is well, see a separate world, live in a private hell. Accept that all is one, and in heaven you may dwell. And it's like, oh, that's, that's kind of like, theirs is my touchstone anyway. So I meant to share that to say, I, you know, I wondered <laughs> what other touchstones you folks may have to, uh, you know, attempt to restore sanity, you know, um, because, you know, I've been triggered back into old patterns of uh, anger and frustration and willingness to fight, and they make me an unfit companion for any anyone, really. Um, <clears throat> and they're coming up where I'm called to actually simply be... Just just be there. You know, that's all. There's no expectation or demand on me, but I'm supposed to be there. And instead, of my mind would rather fight shadow figures. Um, so I, I just felt it's important to, for me anyway, to turn to that, say what that is. And, you know, I am curious what other people might use as they... As a touchstone, I'm calling it a touchstone. But you know, remembering there is a there is a gate on heaven, and I put it there. <clears throat> anyway, I'm complete. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank, Thank you, Lemoyne. That was excellent. Yeah, that's um, you know to have peace. I I I have to deserve peace and. You know, I'm the one disturbing my own peace. So. <laughs> but those old um, thought habits that continue to pop up, and I love the way Sandra um, speaks of her practice and um, judgments, you know, watching how, because I'm, I'm really intellectually aware that when I judge, that is the cause of my loss of peace. But... It happens so quickly, and then I get lost in the feeling of it, and I get carried away by it, you know, that um, I'm lost in my own thinking. So the mind isn't my servant, it's now my master. And, you know, staying, staying in that stillness, that beautiful stillness that Steve spoke of earlier, um, that stillness that is peace. You know, it's got no resistance or no aversion to anything in it. And, you know, just staying still and and watching my mind crank because my judging mind will judge my judging mind. And it's like... (laughs) 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 And it never ends. It never wants to quit. So it's only coming to that stillness and... You know, laughing at it, really just with the most tender and gentleness of heart and say, I am doing this again to myself, you know. Who is doing this to me except for me? And then I become more patient and um, more uh, with, you know, my 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 own worthiness of, of not disturbing myself 
and making myself upset or feel bad or and then hell on earth again, you know, putting you know, without reeling myself in, you know, you know, the fish took the bait and my mind's running with it. So it's really about just waking up in the morning and happiness and peace and joy is is the state that I want to be in. Amen. Enough out of Judith. Thank you. Well, thank you, Judith. That one definitely works for me. If you can notice that point where it turns around and it starts, you know, the judgment path is it, it is all founded on self judgment. So you notice that it and it's all the all the things you can choose to judge, you start judging, undercutting its own argument in the attempt to support it in a way. It just exposes It's really just self-absorption. <laughs> My crazy and it's not really about the world anymore. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I call it the itty-bitty committee. It's my mind criticizing itself. It's like, <laughs> you really want to get lost in there? <laughs> itty-bitty committee, I like that. You left a word out there, Judy. <laughs> You know, as you were talking, Judy, this is Sandra, I would, uh, something just popped into my mind about ownership and possession. And in this world, we have ownership and possession, my car, my children, my home, you know, which, which, creates, a, which creates like a persona. And it's, there, is, there is no ownership and possession. I may steward something for a period of time, but I don't own anything. I don't possess anything. You know, I'm stewarding things. I, I have a body right now. I'm stewarding this body. I have a home right now. I'm stewarding it. I'm, every, everything is just for me to steward. And as soon as I have that attitude of mine, me and mine, there's like a person there. <laughs> and all the person's opinions and all their programming and all their, you know, life experience. And it's like, no, this, it's just to look at it like I'm just stewarding something. So whatever is, whatever is there is there. It's just to accept it and figure out how do I steward this or steward me in the midst of this. Or It's just stewardship. I'm complete. Excellent, excellent. But that's the steward you, of my own... My, I, I, I'm the steward of, of thoughts that run through my mind. I am not my thinking. I am the steward of my thinking. So my mind's not ruling me. I'm ruling my mind. I have a kingdom I must rule. At, oh, beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Mm, thank you. I've always been asking myself for the counsel of Christ consciousness and to hear the sharing simplicity and the love and oh it's that Christ vision is is so here in the now and in the sharing 
And I truly understand. Oh, I, I would love to truly more understand. <laughs> truly more experience through the sharing here, uh, the Christ vision, which um, he would have us be. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Charles. Lori. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because, um, well, let's see here. A number of years ago, I started the practice of centering prayer. And um, the largest aspect of centering prayer is to inquire I love inquiry. To inquire of holy mind, a touchstone, if you will, a mantra, a place where mind can return in the midst of anything and everything. The purpose of the of the holy word or holy image, if you will, is exactly that. And the purpose of the sit or the purpose of contemplative prayer is that God might pray me, that he might give me his thoughts, his ideas, and fill this vessel. That's the purpose of the sit. And, um, and, and so anyway, I inquired, and I was given a holy word, a holy touchstone to return to. And through the, through the process of just that, um, I discovered that that period of time that I gave my open mind to God turned into a day-long um, continuation um, in the midst of everything. That centering prayer was always there. I credit that to uh, having inquired and asked for that holy touchstone and I think um, I think today I'm really grateful that all things are echoes of the voice for God. I remember the first year I did that review lesson, the one that was preceded with my mind holds only thoughts I think with God. <laughs> oh no, it doesn't. My mind holds a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I'm sure God's not thinking a lot of them. <laughs> but over the years. Um, in, in meditation, I've discovered it's true. My mind does hold, hold only thoughts I think with God. And that holding turns into life, uh, an ongoing dialogue. If I'm out of touch and call upon my ego for anything, I know it instantly. I lose my peace, I lose understanding. I lose the sense of where I am or what I'm about or what's going on um, because I've lost touch with that aspect of life that gives me life. And um, and I'm thinking of um, thinking of a quote from um, the Book of John, actually John five. He said. Of myself, I can do nothing. This is Jesus the man. 
of myself I can do nothing as I hear I judge as I hear all of uh, life becomes this dialogue of listening and exchange of my wrong ideas for the thoughts I think with God do I spend all my time thinking the thoughts I think with God no of course I don't of course I don't but I've learned to recognize when I'm not and know how to find my way back again uh, pretty quickly it says I as I hear I judge and my judgment is always righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of my father who sent me that's the purpose of this shit, of the time um, that I devote to God I seek that will I can't know what that will is and anytime I think I know I'm wrong <laughs> because um, if you look back at lesson 74 um, it, it ends there's no will but God's is that lesson so I'll sit and meditate there's no will but God's I can't be in conflict all conflict comes from the idea that there's another will oh okay Jesus said let's be very honest with each other we must hide nothing from each other so I go to inquiry what is it I need to know what is it I need to hear what is it I need to see what is it I need to do what um, what's my place here and oftentimes my place is nothing but to sit and hold a thought I can do that I can do that easily enough um and these times of preparation then turn out to be the the times um where that where I discover the treasure house is always full you know I can have just a really blank empty time where God praise me but turn around the next afternoon and something comes up and everything that happened in that blank empty space that God prayed me is immediately available for me to call upon because I need it somebody's in distress uh, something needs to be done you see we build up this treasure house over time by um, turning over or letting go of the idea of another will and he said in lesson 74 if you're doing it right you will feel joy you'll feel the joy of inspiration not the silence of withdrawal the joy of inspiration is that realization that everything I thought about this person was an error this person itself this idea of a separate person was an error that all the time I give to God he fills me like a vessel and when I need to pour from that vessel there it is and suddenly all things become echoes of the voice for God he's talking to me everywhere he always is only because I listen you know he says the Holy Spirit is as loud as your willingness to listen in the love boat <laughs> I've talked about that dream before in the love boat where I need to nothing it's for me to realize everything I need is already done God's will is already complete 
And we just build up this treasure so that should it be called upon, we have it available. Whether it's forgiveness, whether it's a hand to hold, whether it's a quiet loving presence, whatever the case may be, the treasure house is there. Why? Because I devoted that time to God to pray me. And I returned my mind when it wandered in the fields of my own private thoughts. He says there are no private thoughts. They're only there as loud as I'm willing to listen to them. If I call not upon the ego for anything, it isn't there. It's pretty it's pretty wonderful. And so, um, oh, the other thing I was going to say that I found really, really, really helpful in this ongoing dialogue is in A Course for Love. And I won't go into it right now. But it's in the dialogues of the Course for Love, Chapter 11. And in there he says, the answers lie within you. Everything you need is already there. You have everything you need. You are everything you need. He says, we draw our knowing from the well of spirit. And so it becomes this one's task to become really comfortable. I mean, really, really comfortable with not knowing anything. Because the one who knows is always with me. The more comfortable I am with not knowing anything, the more everything I need to know is available in the treasure house. And so with that, I think today to close this call, if I may, with a poem from Rumi that speaks of this lesson in this reading to me. It goes like this. When I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of stress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me and without pain. From this I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me. There is a great secret here for anyone who can grasp it. With that, I say amen. I'm complete. Thank amen. you, Lori. Beautiful, Thank Lori. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yes. Great call. Great call. Yes, always. Yeah. Thank you.